what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville, your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is head of the business department at Catawba Valley Community College. How are you doing today, Gary? I'm doing great, and I'm looking forward to this week's show, or this month's show. If only we could do a weekly show. You know, I know, just think. I, I, I'm working on that. You think they would increase our salary by four times if we did it on a weekly basis? I think basis? so, and it would still fit the budget. I think you're right about that. <laughs> Today's show, we're going to talk about small business news and notes that have come across our desk. We have a guest with us, uh, Karen Michelle Murko, who is the Vice President of Marketing at the National Association for Community College of Entrepreneurship, and we're going to be talking about the role that community colleges play in supporting and promoting entrepreneurship in our communities. And uh, finally, we're going to end with our favorite, the small business of the month, where we can each uh, take a turn talking about an interesting small business that we've come across and share some information about them. So uh, that's what's on our plate today. And why don't we go ahead and introduce uh, Karen Michelle so she can join our conversation. That'd be great. I would like to introduce our special guest, Karen Michelle Murko, as you mentioned earlier. She's the Vice President of Marketing of the National Association for Community College Entrepreneurship, otherwise known as NACI. Karen Michelle will talk to us about NACI's very important initiatives as well as the exciting activities planned for the upcoming national conference. She's a leader in lean marketing and communications who is passionate about the intersection of entrepreneurship, education, and tech. Karen Michelle has worked with corporations, startups, and small business and nonprofits to position brand as a thought leader to acquire and engage customers, strategic partners, sponsors, and brand advisors. Hi, Karen Michelle. We're really glad you're with us today, and we know you've been very busy the last few months with the conference, and taking time to be with us is great. Oh, my God. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And and we're actually uh, bringing you in from uh, beautiful Brooklyn, New York. I hope things are going well up there. Oh, yeah. And, and your organization, NACI, is located actually in Springfield, Massachusetts. Is that correct? That's correct. I'm the satellite office. Okay. Well, very good. Well, we're, we're really happy that you could be with us today. And, and uh, one thing, and, and since we're talking about community colleges, which makes me think about education and whatnot, one thing that crossed my desk this uh, past week was uh, a study that was done by the Princeton Review on ranking the top college entrepreneurship programs in the country. And, and, and to me, you know, entrepreneurship programs, there's they're sort of a fundamental question there that we can talk a little bit about of, of how much, uh, from an entre- entrepreneur's perspective, is that something that you're born with? Is that something that you can be taught? Is it some combination of the two? But, but out of curiosity, uh, any, any ideas of what the top undergraduate entrepreneurship programs are out there? Any guesses? My guess is Babson is one of them. How did you know that? That is a real ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Actually, Babson is the top undergraduate yeah. uh, entrepreneurship program in in the country, and and yeah. I did not know this until reading uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. Are you a reader of Entrepreneur Magazine, Karen Michelle, or are you just uh, up I, on your? I programs? am a. I'm a. Tw- I'm, I follow their tweets, and also Babson is um, coming to the NACI conference, so I'm very familiar with their work. Okay. They do great stuff around entrepreneurship. Absolutely. All right. Uh, you know, the others in the top five, interestingly, uh, University of Houston, Southern California, Syracuse, 
and Baylor. You know, so not. Oh. You know, I, you know, I don't really know what to expect when you think about uh, the best undergraduate entrepreneurship programs. But those were the top five, and, and they were rated on several factors from tuition to number of students participating in them to, interestingly, the amount of money that their students won in competitions, huh. the, the percentage of students that uh, started their own business, and the percentage of students that uh, stayed in business once they started a business. Hmm. So some interesting, interesting things go there. That's an interesting mix of colleges. I will yeah. give credit to our host, uh, your two schools. University of North Carolina, University of Maryland are also ranked in the top ten. Well, actually, top fifteen, but uh, but uh, you know you're you're, 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 you. you're being kind. <laughs> so. What about NYU? That's where I attended. Um, unfortunately, Karen Michelle, they did not make the top fifteen. But oh I, I, gosh, know, darn! Uh, top, I love the Carolinas. <laughs> Here we go. The top five graduate programs. Babson is number two. Oh. Would, would you hazard a guess on what the top graduate uh, entrepreneurship program in the country is? Stanford? Stanford's a good guess. Stanford's in the top 15, but the top mm. uh, program is the University of Michigan. Woo! And, and Harvard, Rice, and the University of Virginia make out the, uh, the top five there. So, mm. But anyway, but, but very good. So nice. when you guys think about uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, are those skills that can be taught to people or are those skills that have to be uh, things that you're born with? There was an article in Entrepreneur Magazine about that, and, and they talked to two professors, one James Vach from Old Dominion, who's, who, who feels that uh, a person's ability to bear risks is really one of the key elements of being a good entrepreneur, and he feels like that is something that's really difficult to teach. And there's a contrasting view from Julian Lang, who is at Babson, who, who talks about some of the programs they do. And, and one of the key areas he feels that can be taught is opportunity recognition, where mm. t- teaching people to, to look at business situations and see potential new business opportunities and, and promote entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism in that fashion. And, and he's done some studies dating back to 1985 that shows that students that take at least two of their entrepreneurship programs are more likely to want to be an op- entrepreneur and more likely to actually become one. So where do you guys come down on that? Is this uh, hereditary? Is it learned? Is it some combination? I think it's a combination. I think yeah. you have to have that personality, internal fortitude, and willing to take risks, and knowing that when you go into business that it's going to be a challenge. Uh, and that there are risks of failure. Every entrepreneur that seems to be successful has failed once or twice along the way and used that as a learning experience. I think also the ability to go to school and similar to what you just stated, understanding the opportunities that are out there, I think you need to have a, a blend of both to be successful. Fair enough. What do you think, Karen Michelle? I absolutely agree. I would say there's probably three skill sets you need to ha- be an entrepreneur. One is sort of the risk risk tolerance. Uh, the second is the um, opportunity observation. And then the third is sort of the ticky tack, like here's how you market on social media. Here's how you run your books. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think the last category can be taught. You know, I think everyone does a great job in doing that. The um, community colleges, SBDCs, Risk opportunity, I mean, opportunity observation can also be taught. Um, And then I think I'm on the fence about whether risk can be taught. I think think you're probably more likely if you come from an entrepreneurial family to 
understand that you can be an, like t- take the risk taking because the risk taking is celebrated in your family. I think the country and President Obama is doing a better job of sort of celebrating entrepreneurship and whether you call it startups or small businesses, like the culture also has to help you embrace um, that this is it is OK to start a new idea, start a new business. That's the path you should take as opposed to taking another path, like going into corporate or, you know, doing another kind of service. So I think. You're probably more risk tolerant if you are come from an entrepreneurial family, but I think that can be groomed in someone. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And, and uh, the, the professor at Old Dominion, James Foch, who, who really goes more on the side of hereditary is, is key to being a successful entrepreneur. He also says that in addition to your ability to bear risk, the ability to tolerate uncertainty and ambiguity mm. in situations, not everybody is wired for that. You know, some people... Uh, want to know where they're supposed to be at nine o'clock in the morning and what they're supposed to do and, and yep. uh, need more structure. And some people can't stand that sort of structure. Uh, so, so perhaps some of that is more personality oriented oriented. And yeah. he, also, he also says that uh, the people that he's found that are more likely to be entrepreneurs are over optimistic and have a great deal of self-confidence. And those mm-hmm. are certainly characteristics that uh, don't hurt. But I think they both agree on the fact of, of what you were saying, Karen Michelle, is that there are some, for lack of a better word, technical skills that business people need, whether you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur or work in a corporation, that uh, can certainly make it more likely for you to be successful, such as accounting skills, marketing skills, so on and so forth. Or understanding the gap that you have, because great idea, we talk about it all the time, to get it to reality. Right. You need people and resources to help you get there. We, none of us have all the pieces to the puzzle to make it work. So that's where I think the education and support can come in. But the personality, they do have to have a certain mindset, I think, to be successful. Yeah. And I also think the ability to to lead a team, because to your point, Gary, not everyone is an accountant and a marketer and a salesperson. So to to understand your own self that you I don't have accounting skills, so I'm going to hire a good accountant and then sort of build that team and bring that along. I definitely think that's something that can be taught. Well, well Karen, Michelle, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about NACI and, and what NACI does and, and what role it plays in, in promoting entrepreneurship at community colleges. Sure. So NACI, as we said in the beginning of the show, stands for the National Association for Community Community College Entrepreneurship. And we really strongly believe um, in entrepreneurship. We think that community colleges are the sort of the lifeblood of their community, and it's their role to foster entrepreneurship. And when we say foster entrepreneurship, we mean it in two ways. One, to sort of incite entrepreneurship on campus within the student body, not just within the business school that Gary runs, but also in the, tr- the technical field. And then we also believe in making sure that people that are on campus are connecting with people in their local community. Um, so that's sort of like one thing that we believe about entrepreneurship, really inciting it on campus. But we also believe that it's best to have an entrepreneurial mindset when running both your um, community college and also running sort of your um, entrepreneurial programs that you really have to sort of apply lean thinking to how you run your business, the business of a college or your SBDC or your, you know, um, center, because there are a lot of constraints within the model, but there also are a lot of opportunities. So I guess what we were saying before is we're trying to teach opportunity recognition and how do you sort of not only observe that opportunity, but to Gary's point before, execute on that opportunity. 
Um, so that's the work that we do. And we, as a national organization, we see these pockets of best practices across the country. You know, in our, our 300 members um, and in the 1,200 um, community colleges outside in the United States. And so what we get to do is sort of pull up all these best practices and share those best practices through a, a variety of vehicles to make sure that, you know, you're not sort of um, isolated in um, L.A. thinking that you're the only one that's facing this issue, but that you sort of see solutions in North Carolina or in Chicago or in Arkansas. So now when you talk about solutions, are you talking about solutions for for community colleges? Or are you talking about solutions for students at community colleges that might have an interest in starting their own business or all the above? All of the above. So both helping faculty um, develop uh, the right courses to help students, you know, learn to run a business and then launch that business, as well as college presidents who may be struggling with a certain issue. So let me throw this out to both you and Gary, uh, and as as Gary is the head of a business department at uh, Catawba Valley Community College, you know, not to not to make make myself sound too old, but uh, back when I was in college as, as an undergraduate. Back in the day, which was in the 80s, uh, we looked at community colleges more as where you might go if you're not sure what you want to do and you want to spend a couple of years before maybe going to a four-year institution. Uh, as we looked at community colleges as uh, more technical, uh, technical type training. But I think that's been changing some. And mm-hmm. and you know what. What 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 should our expectations be of the community colleges now in terms of supporting potential entre- entrepreneurs and and what are some examples of how they're doing that? If I'm a, if I'm somebody that's interested in being an op- entrepreneur, why should I go to a community college? I think that's the best place to go uh, to get identification of what you might need to become or go into business because we have the combination of resources similar to we have at Catawba Valley Community College. We have the curriculum side where. We offer courses where people can get their certificate, which is four courses, or a diploma, 10 or 12, and then a two-year degree uh, with 20-some courses. And then if they want to go on to a four-year school, we have the articulation agreements to make that work from an education standpoint. But what I think the community colleges have to offer is they have that part, that they have the small business centers or the entrepreneurship centers such as yourself, that we have that combination. And then we have the technical resources. We have the Manufacturing Solution Center, so we even have solution centers to help people if they want to do a prototype or explore a prototype. So the community college has the curriculum, the small business center services, as yourself, and counseling, and then the technical side. So a person can go there, and they have all those resources that are easier to get than maybe at a four-year school or someplace else. We have that one-stop shopping to help people investigate their idea and hopefully see if they can make it a reality. I absolutely agree. And I think we have to remember the historic mission of community colleges, which is open access to the community. So it's not only the folks um, that want to, you know, have a pathway to a a four-year degree, but it's the, as we said before, in the beginning of the show, not all small business owners have all skill sets. So if you see that your competition is really doing well on Yelp and you don't really understand social media, you could be a small business owner in the community and go back and take a um, non-credit class on social media. So I think it's a great place to get a, a range of needs met. So, so there, there, you, you can fill in some of your tool set, or, or uh, Gary, you mentioned prototyping. If you have a product or, or something, if, yeah, I, I think it's important that that folks out there know that if there are you know, how the community colleges can help them actually bring something to market. Yeah, I think that's the exciting thing. We've seen it with several of our students. Again, we work very closely together, and of course, 
again with the Manufacturing Solution Center, our technical group that can do the prototyping or investigate those type of mm-hmm. ideas. And we've seen folks start with an idea and say, hey, this is a neat idea that will work, but they had no idea how to take it to market. And they've spent time with you and other folks of developing their business plan. And then if you develop that business plan, or in concert, you're working with the technical folks to see if it can be made and can be successful in the market. And and I'm, I will assume that uh, in terms of expenses, that this is not something that's going to break some potential entrepreneur's bank to come in and do this sort of work. I think that's one of our biggest benefits to community college, that we can do it very cost-effectively. Hi, I'm 2012 Greater Hickory Kia Classic champion Fred Funk. Please join us for the 11th Annual Greater Hickory Kia Classic at Rock Barn, October 14th through the 20th. Watch me defend my title against a fantastic field of Champion Store players. Weekly grounds badges are just $50. Individual tickets are $20 per day. Get your tickets today at the GreaterHickoryKiaClassic.com. I also think that it's a great opportunity for community. Like I think about your Shark Tank that you do um, at CBC Gary, or the fast pitch that we're doing for the NACI conference where people can, to your point, rapidly prototype, but also meet other entrepreneurs in that process, other students who are thinking about building a business. Oh, that's very, very important and a great point because we had a handful of entrepreneurs four or five years in the student population, and now it's growing to, we have a club, but I mean, they're talking on an ongoing basis and they're encouraging mm-hmm. each other. They're not in competition. They're encouraging each other and saying, this is what I'm doing. And by the way, had you gone to see Jeff Newville or Dan St. Louis in the Manufacturing Solutions Center, they said, no, I hadn't thought mm-hmm. about that. And so you need to go there because they'll work with you. Yep. Very, very yep. good point. Karen, Karen, Michelle, you mentioned uh, part of what your role is is to promote best practices across community colleges. Are there some interesting things that you've seen out there at, at different community colleges across the country that uh, strike you as uh, very innovative or, or different that uh, you put in your best practice category? Yeah, we just heard something. We actually, Heather, uh, the president and CEO was in Babson, um, I don't know, like two months ago or so at a, at a conference. And she had heard of a um, school out of Louisiana that was, sort of, the president was in a in some a, a dilemma that many college presidents unfortunately face. They were working with their food service program and their food service vendor decided to end their contract two weeks before school started. You know, and with a traditional college mindset, the course of action would be, okay, wrangle the school, you know, wrangle the vendor to stay at least a month, (laughs) you know, pay the extra fees um, and then, you know, quickly bid out the project. But knowing because you had so little lead time, you were sort of stuck, you know, potentially in a cost of cost inefficient um, bid because you just you just were pressed for time. What he did instead, using an entrepreneurial mindset, he said, let's let's take a minute to step back. He actually went to his business faculty. He went to his culinary factory uh, faculty because he ran a um, culinary program and said, OK, given these circumstances, what what could be um, some options that we have? And ultimately, what they decided was that they would run their own food service because they did they were trying to teach students you know both um, cooking skills but then this would have the added benefit of teaching them how to run a business right they'd be part of the program and so it kept that money that was in the college and usually go out to an external vendor within the college and also provided more experience a, ra- a rounder set of experiences for the college uh, students on campus so that they could also have both this technical 
culinary skill as well as sort of this, you know, business mindset when sort of producing their food. So it was a, a win-win for everyone. What a great learning experience in a real life situation, real life crisis. Yeah, no, it was really it's such a fantastic story. Well, and I really like Cajun food, so you know, yeah, up Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. So we've we've uh, got the NACI convention coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina, in mm-hmm. October. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what'll be going on in Charlotte and and how people can get involved? Oh, sure. So I'm wildly excited to be coming to Charlotte. Been down a few times already. Um, look forward to NASCAR on Saturday night. Who knew that uh, that would be there when we planned this conference, but I'm glad to take part in it. Um, and so the NACI conference is about 450 um, entrepreneurial thinking community college folks. So this includes your presidents, your administrators, your um, SBDC directors, your SBC directors, of course, your faculty, who are all trying to have a disruptive conversation about how do we, one, teach entrepreneurship to students? How do we connect to those students to the outside community? And then, two, how do we think about the uh, work that we do in, as an entrepreneur ourselves? And so we'll have a range of speakers from Saras Sarasvati, who's actually at the Virginia program, the Darden program, um, talk about entrepreneurial um, mindset and entrepreneurial thinking. We're running a president's track. We'll have um, young entrepreneurs uh, through Impact that are coming on and sort of talking about their what they needed as students running a business um, in during during um, their college years. We'll have uh, conversations with sort of the thought leaders in community colleges. Um, Matt Reed, who is the author of the Confessions of a Community College Administrator, sort of talk about what are the challenges that we see on campus and how can we fix them. So it's going to be four days of like pedal to the metal um, workshops and breakouts and general session where people will really, I'm hoping, crowdsource best practices and sort of bring them back on campus. We've all been on campus before. We feel like we're the only one. And so it's good to find your compadres and sort of like share best practices, brainstorms and get ideas to make changes when you go back. Is, is a convention uh, just for community college people or can the general public participate? And are there ways other people can get involved? Sure. So, um, again, it's both for community colleges. I think this is also a great opportunity if you run an SBDC or an SBC or an entrepreneurship program of any sort. An incubator will have um, the local Packard Place, uh, which, which is out of Charlotte, um, on the main stage and, and part of uh, the fast pitch competition. So I think if you are interested in teaching entrepreneurship, this is the place to go. And, and where can where can people find out more about it? Give us your shameless plug. Sure. It's at nacy.com. So N-A-C-C-E.com backslash Nacy 2013. I've had the opportunity to go to a couple of conventions and it's just fantastic. Lots of energy and always come away yeah. feeling more excited about what I'm doing than I went before I went. Yep. Well, this is going to be my first convention, and I'm looking forward to uh, to learning more about it and uh, getting to rub elbows with some entrepreneurial-minded people and uh, looking forward to seeing you and Charlotte in a few weeks, Karen Michelle. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Well, at the end of our show, we uh, like to highlight some small businesses that we have come across and uh, get a chance to talk a little bit about them. Sometimes they're unique, interesting, with different twists and, and whatnot. So, so Karen, Michelle, do you have a small business that you'd like to talk uh, about today? Sure. I would like to talk about Fabi Pressler. She runs um, Spark Publications. She's the president and CEO. Um, Spark Publications is a public relations promotions PR firm, and you can find them online at uh, sparkpublications.com. And she's actually a winner at the NACI conference. Um, she's a graduate of the Central Piedmont Community College and is just a fantastic example of how she sort of leveraged 
both her um, maybe innate entrepreneurial risk tolerance uh, to develop a thriving um, thriving small business. You know, one of those great stories that you hear with, how do you say, entrepreneurs that have just a lot of gusto and, you know, work three jobs just to get through college and to sort of begin her business and just really developed her skill set and, and launched her own business, which actually supports um, six others. She's got a staff of seven right now. Well, very good. Gary, what do you have for us today? I'd love to talk to you about mine. I think you'll both be very interested in it. As you know, after the last few shows, I like to find successful businesses with a catchy name or a theme. We've highlighted Lolly Wally Doodle and Dwala yeah. the past two shows. And today I'll continue with that theme. Company of the Month is Duck Commander. In Monroe, Louisiana. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, uh, keep going. Uh, sing a few more bars and okay. maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have heard will, it. Uh, wow. Okay. I thought you might have heard of it, but honestly, I had not heard much about it until recently because I'm not a hunter and they manufacture duck calls and related hunter accessories. But the owners of this successful duck call business have become TV stars in their own reality show, Amy's Duck Dynasty. That's it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now, mm-hmm. now, we're, now you're filling in the blanks here. That's helping. Okay. The TV show is a hit. But it's important to remember that they have a very successful business, which is started by Phil Robertson, a great college football player, by the way, in the 1970s. The business has grown dramatically over the years and employs most of the family members and some of the people in the town. It's truly a family-owned business made good. And we're really excited at CBCC to have Miss Kay Robertson, Bill's wife, coming to speak at our college on October 27th. I think today we'll be fostering entrepreneurship in our communities. There are good seats available for this memorable event. And for more information, you can call 828-327-7000-DUCK. <laughs> I'm going to assume that that was your shameless plug. That was my shameless pitch. Okay, that was a good, good one, yeah. All right. I've got a strange and unique small business of the month, and and it was actually introduced to me by... One of our local listeners, Chris Huffman, who's here in Hickory, North Carolina. So, so Chris, congratulations. You are the first winner of our Entrepreneur Exchange Award with all the privileges and honors that come with that, which is probably going to be a, a grab bag of trinkets, but you will get a Shark Tank flash drive as, as well as some other gifts from us. So congratulations to you, Chris. Chris introduced me to a company called Artisanal Pencil Sharpening, and hmm. guess what they do? They painstakingly will sharpen your pencils or send you newly sharpened number two pencils. Yeah. You know, who would have thunk it? Uh, the company was started by a fellow named David Reese, who's a, actually a political cartoonist who has work, whose work has appeared in Rolling Stone, GQ Magazine, uh, several other national publications. In July 2010, uh, uh, David announced that he was beginning artisanal pencil sh- uh, his company called Artisanal Pencil Sharpening a service where for $35 people can mail in their pencils or he will send you a newly sharpened number two pencil in a beautiful little tube for display, only for $35, mind you. Uh, and according to his website, which you can see at artisanalpencilsharpening.com, David Reese still practices the age-old art of manual pencil sharpening. His artisanal service is perfect for artists, writers, and standardized test takers. Shipped with their shavings and a certificate of sharpening, these extra-sharp pencils make wonderful gifts. He's also written a book, 
How to Sharpen Pencils, which was released in April 2012. Now, you might think that this is a joke, you know, and, and the fact that this guy is a political cartoonist, I think that there's a little bit of a joke going on, but he's actually shipped 1,600 pencils since the inception of his business. Huh. If, you, if you do the math, I don't think that's enough to make a total living by, but it's nice supplemental income. And he has a passion for pencils. Uh, he's got a passion for something. I think he's, uh, if you look at the YouTube video, if you go out and look for it, he actually wears safety goggles. He's got sharp uh, knives where he does the actual penciling. And, and I, I suspect that this is more a gift for the perhaps the CEO in your life, and it's not exactly going to be for the, uh, the accounting firm in your life where they're going to go through a lot of number two pencils. But if you... If you uh, have a hankering for holiday gifts. You know, we're, we're not there yet, but we're, the holidays are coming. And you want uh, to get that accountant in your life or CEO in your life, something that they probably don't have, a newly sharpened pencil from the, uh, this company. I know I'm accountant by trade, but please don't get me for Christmas. Okay, well, it's well, actually $35 <laughs> is really a little, a little more than I'm going to spend on you this year, I guess. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I love what I love about these businesses is that they're I think sometimes in the media right now, we get the sense that all businesses are these high tech, you know, online, you know, Bitcoin businesses. And the three examples that we gave are just sort of, you know, PR promotions, part of your everyday life, duck calls, like what a niche product, but also a physical product. Right. And then, you know, Jeff, certainly yours is a niche and physical product, too. And I just like the reminder that there's actually a wide range of small businesses out there. And it's not just this sort of Bitcoin technology online. Although those businesses are important, they shouldn't overshadow the other businesses that are also out there. Great point. We talk about that. Every day at the college, yeah. you don't have to be high tech to start your own business and be successful. That's exactly we still right. Need yeah. Things day to day to make our lives better, and they don't have to be tech. Well, I guess it comes yeah. back to that opportunity recognition. You never know where you might see an opportunity, whether it be high tech or sharpening pencils or who knows what. There are opportunities out there for uh, entrepreneurs that are willing to pursue them. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get in on the fun and you've got a small business that uh, that you'd like to highlight it, you can send us an email at eexchange at themesh.tv. And if we choose your small business, you can get an entrepreneur exchange grab bag and, and all the honors and privileges with uh, having your small business on our podcast. They can be on our wall of fame. They can be on our wall of fame. Well, Kara Michelle, we very much appreciate you joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. What a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, and I'll see you, yeah, exactly in a few weeks. We're excited. What yeah. are we going to talk about in our next podcast, Gary? Another fancy, off-the-wall name, but a successful <laughs> business. And I think we're also going to spend time talking about uh, how to go about funding your business and what sort of funding oh. options are out there. That's always uh, quite a topic for uh, startups and many small businesses. So uh, that, that should be a good conversation as well. Very, very important. So, thank you guys very much. We'll look forward to talking to everyone again next month. Thanks so much. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.